0: Today's show is brought to you by mParticle. It's the only customer data platform built to address modern data challenges. For most brands today, customer interactions are spread across a lot of connected devices, and that makes it tough to create optimal experiences and drive the right marketing outcomes. That's why brands like Spotify, Venmo, and Airbnb use mParticle. It lets them unify customer data into a single customer view. Then they can easily integrate that data into any marketing or analytics platform with no additional engineering time required. The result is more personalized customer experiences on websites and in apps, as well as more relevant ads across all channels and partners. Visit mparticle.com to learn how mparticle can help your business unify the customer experience and accelerate growth. Recode Radio presents Recode Decode, coming to you from the Vox Media Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, Executive Editor of Recode. You may know me as the only person who still says, Mary Gruponicus, but in my spare time, I talk tech and you're listening to Recode Decode, a podcast about tech and media's key players, big ideas and how they're changing the world we live in. You can find more episodes of Recode Decode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, wherever you listen to your podcasts or just visit recode.net slash podcasts for more. Today, I'm in San Francisco with Casey Newton, the Silicon Valley editor of The Verge and host of the upcoming podcast, Converge. How well, you doing? Tara, I'm doing great. How are you? Good. You're here practicing for your upcoming podcast, Kama right. and That's This is
1: our second go round. The yes. first one was so successful. Yes. People demanded we make more Nobody audio content. Nobody demanded it. You demanded well, it. Well, I demanded and they did not oppose it. Yes,
0: they did not oppose yeah. it. It got, got well received on Twitter. Yeah, it was good. It was well received. It was quite good. And now we're here today. And Casey's joining me for several episodes of Recode Decode. And today we're thrilled to have one of my favorite entrepreneurs, Andrew Mason, in the red chair. He's best known as the founder and former CEO of Groupon. And in 2013, he co-founded the mobile audio company Detour, and he just announced another new company we're going to talk about, and he's declining to put on headphones. I don't know why. Are they torture? I,
2: I, I feel like I'm going to do it at some point, but I'm worried it'll throw me off my game. No, it's tr- <laughs> what it's game tr- is that? <laughs> Having <laughs> not spoken, it's not clear.
0: No, what I like is it's more intimate. Put them on right now. It's more. It's, it creates a feeling of intimacy uh, between I think us.
2: What it does right now is it creates a power dynamic that I love. Oh. Just put on the headphones. Yeah.
0: All right, put them on right now. Thank you. Oh, isn't that better? Don't you feel better? Do you feel closer, affiliated with me and Casey here? Um,
3: We'll
0: we'll wait and see. Yeah. All right. So Andrew, when last I saw you, you were doing detour. Um, first, let's talk about let's talk about your history because I want to get into your new company. We have a lot. We have a whole hour to talk Um Give the people who don't know you're famous. Oh, you took off the headphones. I
2: can't do it. I think this is better. All right, fine.
0: Whatever you. All right, as usual. Andrew and I have a long history of struggling with each other over, <laughs> over a variety of issues. Until, that's what I like about both.
1: Neither one of you likes to play by the rules. No, none and of And that's us really do. playing no, out. Not yeah. since he showed me I'm sorry. Video. Like, Are you going to throw down on the headphones? <laughs> I might. Like, I is might. This,
0: is this I the, might.
2: the place to make your Could stand? be.
0: Who knows? <laughs> Um, but let's discuss your history and yeah, our long history together. I first met you when you were a young entrepreneur at Excel. I think it was Excel I met you at at the time you were there. You came in. You stuck like your I head came in. to a – You were there. You were just there. You raised
2: money from Excel. Yes. So it might have had something to do with that. Yes.
0: You were there and they said you have to meet this guy and you yeah. were – And boy, ex- were they right. They were <laughs> – no, but you were extremely obnoxious, I remember, and I liked it. I thought it was kind of funny. And you were talking about museums and how you started Groupon and you were unusual for a, an entrepreneur. uh Comparatively, you weren't from Silicon Valley.
2: Yeah. Museum. What do you mean museums? You
0: were talking about like people. You were interested in helping museums and other others. Oh yeah, rate.
2: we had uh, we yeah. had just done a deal for uh, the Art Institute of Chicago That's and right. sold See. five thousand memberships. Right. Something wow. like ten percent of what they sell in a year. Mm-hmm. Many of those people went on to renew. And uh, yeah, check it out, Groupon.com, daily deals <laughs> on the best stuff to do in your city.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay, so talk about your journey, your short journey. People know what happened in Groupon, and we'll talk about where it is right now. You don't have any involvement with them now, no, do you? Not at, all. No, not at all? Not at all. Not at all. But um, it, it started. I it's keep waiting for them to, to call, call, so right? I can make
2: my grandiose <laughs> return. You and Even Travis Kalanick are at?
0: just waiting by the phone. I'm just waiting, but Wait. I'm keep
2: keeping myself busy. You know, yeah. I have hobbies.
0: Yeah. It, like is it puzzles.
1: true that the whole thing started because you couldn't get out of a cell phone contract, and that led you to your first thing, which then led you to Groupon?
2: Yes. Yeah. So it started out as this thing called the Point, Point. Mm-hmm. and at the time I was, uh, <clears throat> I w- like before that I was getting my. A master's degree in University of Chicago mm-hmm. in public policy, and I had I was learning about collective action problems and had this issue with my cell phone contract, and, and it seem, they, you know these egregious contracts that they lock you into. Sure. And it seemed like, man, if, uh, if, if I could get a critical mass of people, a tipping point of people together and we all threatened to cancel our contract, then maybe they would take us seriously. Um, and then the point became just a broader or more abstracted platform for that kind of concept. You get a bunch of people together and they all agree to do something. If some conditions are met, that thing could be doing something. It could be giving money towards something. And then one of the ways people were using it was to like buy things as a group, group purchases. And so then we just focused in on that and it became groupon.
1: So what started as a radical left wing idea quickly was, became yeah. a capitalist tool.
2: That's right. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. I mean I I always did I had a lifelong love of coupons, you know, since I was a small child.
1: Mm-hmm. Would you wake um, up early on Saturdays to cut them out of the circulars in the newspapers? Yeah,
2: and you know, I would I would stitch them together into clothing and <laughs>
0: I bet um, you did in that case. Um so you so you started Group Bun and you were it was a it was I remember you announced the public offering at, at our conference on no, stage. I didn't
2: I didn't announce it. I I totally played you, if oh, I remember you correctly. Okay. All right. <laughs> <You> <laughs> All right.
0: Okay. Explain that to me.
2: <laughs> well you were trying to get that information yeah, we out were. of me. But yes, you know, you you're um I oh, don't you're fault right. you not, because you, you are you tried your best. I know. And you're you know, you're not used to dealing with people as adept in
0: <laughs> rhetoric
2: and as, as I am. So
0: I, you, you didn't know up from down. I didn't know up from down, but you just, you, you released it right afterwards. That's right. You released oh, yeah, the, that's right. the public offering. So talk about that experience because it didn't go well, I would say. What do you mean? I think well, I you fired, you, as you recall, you, as you wrote about it. Well,
2: I mean... That's one way Okay. To look also at Also, like— but I would rather—
0: How would you but rather— Before
2: it maybe went south, you it went incredibly was, well. Yes,
0: I know. I want to know that experience. How did you look at that experience?
2: How did I look at
0: what high, part of the, the experience? High, like the whole, the part
1: it was of the fastest-growing company yes, of all time exactly. up until that point. Like, that had to have been a pretty crazy ride for you, coming out of, like, a, a master's project. It turns into the fastest-growing company of all time.
0: You had that great uh, office, and on the walls of that office, you had all the failures, I remember, in the in the lobby. That, yeah. That would happen, including the, the ones- whole.
2: I mean, so the whole thing from the ride up and down was surreal and uh, and absurd. Like the the absurdity. I mean, the it, it, there was something absurdity about the kind of um, heroification mm-hmm. that happened on the way up, right? And then also the opposite of that on on the way down. So, but luckily, like the the ride up prepared me for for all of that, and I just look back on it as this. You know, crazy experience that I feel really lucky to have
0: mm-hmm.
2: been part of. Well, talk
0: about what you were trying to do there. What do you think you did well?
2: With, with starting Groupon? Mm-hmm. What do you mean? I mean, what, what do, you, what I, do, what do well? I
0: mean? What do you think you did well?
2: I mean, well, it's, a, it's still a multi-billion dollar business mm-hmm. um, and people still use it all the time and get a ton of value out of that. So we got that out there. Um, what did I, what else did I do well? I don't know. As
0: CEO.
1: The, the name was really good.
0: Like, where did the name come from?
1: Like, There's very few companies where the entire idea is in the name and like, the name is less than 10 letters. Yeah. Did, you, like, was it, did that come out of a hat or an intern or who gave you that one?
2: Um, the guy that actually was in charge of all of the, all of the content um, came up with that name. His name was Aaron With. And when we were like, we need to come up for a name for this group coupon company. And he was like, how about Groupon? I mean I make it sound less genius than it mm-hmm. was but um, yeah that's where it came from and it
1: It points to a great uh, point which is you should always hire content people for your company. Some so. might say we're the most important people you can have in a company. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. I think
0: we're not at all important. Well, right? I don't know. All right but what I'm trying to get at is what did you 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 what did you expect to happen there? I mean, in terms of your CEO experience, because you were always sort of a reluctant CEO. A lot of stuff you did at your headquarters pointed to like, this could all go to hell. I might not be the right CEO. You, you were, you did a bunch of, remember when you were going to interview the, 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 Little girl, have the little girl interview you, the kindergartner or something. That never
2: happened. I know, but you You thought about it. You told me that was a bad idea.
0: Well, you thought of the idea. He was going to have like a third grader, right? Second grader?
2: I don't remember why.
0: Uh, Because they were going to discuss how you don't disclose things, the SEC rules. She was going to interview you on how bad you were at SEC rules.
1: That's amazing.
0: Yeah, he wanted to do that, and I said he shouldn't. Although I should have let him and then written about. it. Let me it. tell
2: you what I wasn't prepared right. for. Okay. Um, what I wasn't prepared for is um, I had a I had a hard time taking myself seriously. Right. As because there's something true about tech. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the secret. Um, I. Like people to believe that I'm this super genius who's who's just like no I'm sorry nothing had anything to do with luck <laughs> this is all skill and <laughs> capability <laughs> and just razor sharp instincts, but the fact of the matter is there's an incredible amount of luck right? right there's a lot of people entrepreneurs out there who are way smarter and more capable than I am that um, have never had the kind of success of group on mm-hmm. um, i mean i don't think i'm incompetent but i th- but but i do think that luck had a, a lot to do with it and going go, I, I was just never comfortable with the um amount of um like the the adulation and all of that on the way up. And I responded to that like aggressively mm-hmm. by going out of my way right. to seem stupid.
0: Right, right. You had <laughs> Were the- you at
1: all insulated from that being in Chicago or was the fact that it was this like unique tech story in Chicago make it all the more intense because they had never seen like a tech titan emerge there?
2: Yeah, I think I think in Chicago there was a it's like I, um, I was just in Finland mm-hmm. and Finland had all of their hopes and dreams tied to Nokia. And now mm-hmm. the country like in a identity crisis because mm-hmm. of its collapse. And um, I think at least in tech for a period of time, Groupon, Groupon was carrying that weight. Yeah. For, you had that great headquarters
0: by that section of the city that was.
2: Yeah. And so it was, I think it was then disappointing for people in Chicago when, when it didn't prove to, Earn its place alongside Facebook and Amazon and Microsoft and right, blah blah blah. Right,
0: right. One of the stories I remember writing about before you went public was selling. To you, just handled everything different than everyone else. It was it was a delight for a reporter. I'll tell you that because you just said what i asked you you an- usually answered the questions so that uh,
2: was the problem Yeah, i mean yeah. so that always worked for me as a private when we were a private company yeah. and what, getting back to what i wasn't prepared for mm-hmm. what i wasn't prepared for was the degree to which you enter the big leagues mm-hmm. and it's an entirely different game right. once you're a public company mm-hmm. and i just had this incredibly naive attitude it was like oh i'll just be myself and mm-hmm. i'll just keep doing what i've been doing right, and it made me fine. successful yeah. and the world and the markets were like no this yeah. is this is mincemeat.
0: So you couldn't bring, like, a goat... Did you bring a goat to the office or a horse or a Shetland pony? A horse. A horse, that's yeah. right. Who was that for? But
2: it was different than the Shervin horse. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just want to... I, I just feel... I think that was not a cool horse, like, to just, oh, look at me, I'm right.
1: at a party, I'm a horse. The right. reason... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The idea that venture capitals would bring horses to parties to avoid future accusations of sexual harassment was still many years away many years <laughs> at that time. Many years.
0: Yeah. What did you bring the horse
1: to the... The horse, so... Um, the story is that.
2: Do you want the whole story? Just the short version. <laughs> the whole story is good.
0: All right, go ahead. Go for it. All right.
2: the The whole story is that um, Michael Bloomberg was coming to visit our office. Yes,
0: everyone came to visit you.
2: And uh, and we thought, like, let's give him a gift uh, and something to say thank you for coming. And then we were like, it would be funny to give him something that would be like this incredible responsibility. Because how do you react to something like that? So, mm-hmm. at first we thought we'd give him a dog, mm-hmm. but then it just seemed like he might believe that, and <laughs> right. it would be weird. So, <laughs> right. so we pushed a little bit further and made it a horse. So, um, so we got the horse, and then he came to the office. And um, we do, by the way, I'm mostly here to sell my product. I know, we're yeah, okay. we're going okay. There's about plenty that. of time for that.
0: Yeah. Of
2: okay, things. and uh, and so he sent his security guards up to look around, and that was new to me. I'd never had that, where security guards right. are going to come and do, do a sweep, sweep. Do a sweep. Yeah. And it, and I you was like, you had a lot of
0: dangerous items at
2: that office. Yeah, right? exactly. I was like, it would be funny if we just dressed up one of our customer service representatives as a terrorist. No, like,
0: don't do that. That's not funny.
2: So so we gave <laughs> him unfun- like a ski <laughs> mask and put some grenade, like fake grenades, next to his. Uh,
0: oh God. next
2: next to his desk and we gave him like a a machine gun that he was wearing on his Uh back uh and then he just had like the customer service headset on and he was sitting typing at his computer and the way I thought of it is like these poor security guards never find anything like this at least will be good for a laugh for them you know they'll they'll give me a high five Um, anyway like my COO at the time saw that like moments before the security guards came up and, right. and shut it down. Right. He was like, he was <laughs> Probably like, for this the This is best. why they hired me. This is why you hired me to, yeah. you know, stop you from doing these things. I regret that. Um, which part? Um, <laughs> shutting it down. Oh, all yeah right, I should have okay. gone all through right. with it. So
0: that. see but anyway, the so, so then the a horse backup.
2: So then he came. That was that was unrelated. Yeah. I was that, but that's part of the long version of the story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so, so then Bloomberg is uh, coming up the stairs, and we've got the horse ready to present to him. And uh, and then our PR person found out that his daughter had just been injured in a horse riding accident. <laughs> so there was this, this an episode of Veep. Minute, this last minute scramble to get hide the horse. So we ended up hiding the horse in like a in, like, the kitchen elevator.
0: All right, Not that weird office that you had, the fake office of the person.
2: Oh, uh, Michael's room or Michael's whatever? Michael's room, No, yeah. not there. Yeah. Yeah, because that's part of the tour.
0: That's part of the tour. So do you
3: have, like, a take.
1: backup present to give Bloomberg?
2: No present for Bloomberg. No wow. present. Yeah, we haven't been in touch since. And He's never that forgotten why. that. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah my no God. present. Oh, my God. Vindictive so guy.
0: in any case, you had a number of stunts and things that you did at, at the company that were trying, you know, you had a very colorful CEO crew. Wait, we, we're going to get to your next thing and then what you are now but what what did you do you 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 are the one of the few people also who said I was fired you you sent out a press release saying I was I, I
1: remember fire. when that note yeah. came across the, uh, all of our screens mm-hmm. and it was crazy because it felt like the first time a, a tech CEO had been honest
0: on their right. way out that anyone
1: right. could remember
2: yeah,
0: yeah. we were going to say you were fired anyway but what, what 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 did you why did you do that
2: um I'll tell you why I did it, and I'll tell you why it's probably a mistake to do that for people (laughs) that are considering such a thing.
3: Personal reason. I mean, I
2: did it. I did it for that reason. Like it was so obvious to everybody that I would have been fired, right? Like even if I hadn't, even if there was like a family emergency or whatever, nobody would believe it. No,
0: no. So
2: the only thing that I'm doing in my mind at the time by saying, um, by pretending like I wasn't fired, is like deluding myself.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: But here's the here's the reason it makes sense. Because now, every time anybody writes about me, mm-hmm. or at least when Detour came out, mm-hmm. it was always like ousted, ousted. Groupon uh, CEO like yeah. starts a new company. Right. And so like it basically gives reporters permission to like bring that up over and over again. We keep talking about it. right And also it's weird because I meet people like at parties, I go to a lot of parties mm-hmm. and I meet the, I don't really go to a lot of parties, but like when I meet people, um, they're like, oh yeah, I loved your like. That's what they remember me for. Yeah. is the letter. No, which
0: I so. Um, is a good word. Also, also like, oh,
2: anyway, but so if you don't do that, like I remember, I remember reading about like like Joshua Topolsky's um, resignation letter, and like he had been fired. And sorry, well, wait, he used to work here. No, it was from not. here that he was fired. Well, so maybe I should find from, another from, example. No, or, go
0: right ahead. Yes, okay, please. anyway, <laughs>
2: okay, okay, and anyway, it was like so clearly fired, and mm-hmm. the the letter was all like no. Personal no, no um, awareness of that whatsoever, and it's worked for him. It's you funny. know, and yeah. it works for it works for people all the time. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I feel good about it. I wouldn't do it differently, but I also wouldn't recommend. It's probably not worth it. You for also seemed that wanna- somewhat
0: relieved, as I recall, at the time when that when you were just you told it. You know, you didn't work. You told the truth, and then you moved on.
2: Uh, No. Relieved in what sense? Just,
0: I remember you uh, talking as if you were relieved. Maybe you were just lying. Like
1: relieved to not be at the
2: company anymore?
0: Yeah.
1: Or to not have the pressures that came with being the CEO and having to be this person who maybe did like me. I wouldn't, yeah.
2: Oh no, God. Running a public company. Yeah. Not for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, But uh, I mean, I wouldn't have chosen to be fired. If I could go back to that moment now and. Have not been fired. I would have not been fired, even though like I'm really glad to not be working at Groupon anymore. Right. I still feel a responsibility to the to the company to the company and to do what I can.
0: Yeah. So afterwards, you did. You moved to San Francisco, right? You relatively yeah. soon. Yeah. 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 And started Detour. And started. Talk Detour. a little bit about that and and where it is right now.
2: Okay. So I moved. Uh, I, there were about six months in between mm-hmm. leaving Groupon and starting Detour. I moved out here. I had a kid. You had a kid. I recorded an album of motivational business music, Mm -hmm. Um, and then Detour was like actually an idea that I had before, Groupon. It was, uh, and what it is is it's an app for for taking audio tours of cities, and I just something I always wanted when I traveled. I always wanted a really exceptional. Way to explore cities with people that know them best on your own terms. It was
0: quirky and interesting, not your typical stops along the way, too. It It was was good. Yeah, I mean, it
2: is good. Yeah. Yeah, It's for people who have done it, um, and that's the people who have done it um, really love it. Mm -hmm. The challenge is, um, like, when you pitch someone like hey let's go take an audio tour this weekend. Mm-hmm. You know the pre-existing ideas people have about that like oh an audio tour. Yeah. <laughs> you mean like that kind of lame thing I do when I when I I'm in, in a museum and it, right. it it happens to be there and I'll give it a try. So it's just been it's just been hard to build a mobile app that has such a high onboarding requirement where you have to go out into the city and block off two hours before you can even have any idea of what the experience is like. Um, but I think it's—I think it's really hard as a standalone travel startup. Um, it's not going anywhere. I'm not working there anymore. Um, but and we don't have anything to announce about what's happening to it right now, other than it's not going anywhere. And hopefully, I'll have something happy to say about it in the next couple of months. Mm-hmm.
0: Hmm. Is it sold? Has it been sold?
2: Um, That's—I I can't say anything about about what's happening today. I understand
0: it's been sold, but okay.
2: This is like, is, do you really want to do your like <laughs> no, hard hitting this, thing though. on this, this poor, no, poor no, little? No, no, not on
0: your poor little startup. No, startup. I liked it a lot. Save that's it why. for you. I Yahoo. think it's a high. Yeah, they're done. We're done with them. You
1: finished them
2: uh,
0: off. We finished them off. Um, we're,
1: the we're, a question, a question I had for you, though, no, I
0: liked it. I'm yeah. serious. I thought it was a great product, Thank and you. I was, and yeah. I, I realized the difficulty of execution there. Yeah, awesome.
1: I did too. And uh, my parents actually like would come up and visit me and request that we would do another one. So it wound up being a really fun thing that I did with my parents a bunch. What I found so interesting from it was that when we first met, because I actually didn't meet you during the Groupon days, we met when you started Detour, and I couldn't imagine a company less like the one uh, that you had previously been at, right? Like some yeah. founders scratched the same itch over and over again, and you just went somewhere completely different. Um, why?
2: Well, it was hard. Like I said, I did have this lifelong love for coupons. hmm and <laughs> that was scratched. I do tend to get back. I have some uh, coupon two point kind of concept. Coupon you know, might be interesting. Percolating.
1: Coupon? Mm-hmm. Did mm-hmm. you just say coupon? Yeah. Good company name.
2: <laughs> the um, I mean that was more of the diversion than anything else. I, as as reporters were ever so fond of pointing out during the tough times. Yeah. I was a music major. Mm-hmm. Um and I worked at a recording studio for a couple of years out of school so um so getting into audio and um and content was something I was always yeah. interested in and um and i don't know and but 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 also i just you know i'm not like looking to I'm looking to do things that I think are interesting and products that I want to exist and they don't all fit into one category. The The goal, I'm not driven by, you know, starting another $20 billion company. Right? right.
0: All right. We're here with Andrew Mason. By the way, we like to point that out because it's interesting and it makes you different from all the other horrible geeks, just so you know.
2: Does it really? Yes,
0: it's a compliment. In any case, we're here with Andrew Mason. He's in the red chair. He's the founder and former CEO of Groupon and he founded uh Mobile audio company called Detour, and he's just going to talk when we get back of a new company he just started. Today's show is brought to you by Airtable, an all in one collaboration platform. Airtable powers some of today's fastest growing companies. Whether you're building version one of your product, finding your very first customers, or scaling your business, Airtable is flexible enough to keep your team organized no matter what challenges you're facing. That's why companies ranging from Slack to Airbnb to Condé Nast Entertainment trust Airtable. Get $50 in credits today by signing up at airtable.com slash decode. I'd also like to tell you about Recode Media with Peter Kafka. Peter, who'd you talk to this week?
2: Hey, Carrots, it's Peter. Guess who I talked to this week? Can you tell how excited I am? I will tell you why I'm excited. I talked to Scott Frank and Steven Soderbergh, writers, directors, made some of my favorite movies. They made this Netflix Western called Godless. Sometimes they call it a feminist Western because there are women in it. It's great. Um, I've had Scott on before He's great to talk to He's made the, He wrote the Logan movie um, He and Steven Soderbergh Made it Out of Sight Steven Soderbergh of course Made everything um, Including Out of Sight All of the Ocean's Eleven movies If I sound like I'm nerding out a bit It's because I nerded out a bit With these guys um, but We talked for a long time About how to make movies How that's changing How technology affects All this stuff We talked about How not to be an asshole Um, that came up during the Harvey Weinstein discussion. Um, It's a really fun discussion. It's one of the favorite ones I've done. I think anyone who listens to it will enjoy it.
0: Sounds great, Peter. You can find Recode Media on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you there. We're here with Andrew Mason, the entrepreneur who started Groupon. He also did a company called Detour, which is a mobile audio company that did tours in uh, in cities, which was a terrific little company. But now he has a new company we're going to talk about. Andrew, would you like to discuss your new company and what it's called?
2: I would. And for those of you who are just joining us, congratulations. The first part of this was basically worthless.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's not, actually.
2: Now we're getting to the good stuff.
0: All right, good stuff. All right. Leave behind the old.
2: Okay, so bring in the new. um, My new company, um, much like one could think of it as a pivot, much like uh, Groupon was a pivot. Right. Um, It's been incubated inside of Detour for the last couple of years. So, Detour, we're basically making these things, podcasts um, that are scripted, and we recorded hundreds of hours of voiceover sessions. And um, our ultimate. Vision was to make Detour a platform where anyone would be able to produce these things. And as we were using these tools that existed to create audio content, like talk-driven audio content, it became clear that it was just never going to happen with the tools that existed. Mm -hmm. The learning curve is super high, and then even once you understand it, it's tedious and slow because you're looking at these waveforms, just timelines of of waveforms, and even even if you understand that stuff, you have to kind of turn off your editorial brain and engage your engineering brain, and uh, it's really difficult to work with. So um, we were aware of the explosion in progress that was happening around speech to text automated transcription, where now you have models that are that are transcribing audio and comprehending audio at rates higher than humans can. Mm-hmm. So we thought, well, what if we could use that to create a kind of audio editor that looked like a word processor and acted like a word processor, where instead of editing these waveform timelines, you could just edit text, and so and it would
0: change the audio,
2: and it would change the audio exactly. And so, um, and so, we built that inside D, uh, of Detour as a way to as a way to make detours, and then we would bring people into the office uh, who were working in audio or even in video, and they would just lose their minds. I mean, half of them would be like, yeah, we've wanted this to exist for 20 years. Mm -hmm. Um, Why has it taken this long to build it? And, and, uh, And people would just see the shortest little demo of it and get it right away. And so it was one of those things, I mean, and this was happening as long as a couple years ago, um, where it became clear that that might be the actual thing.
0: So a little bit like Odeo, which became Twitter, or Slack was out of the gaming company, I can't remember the name of the gaming company Uh, that Stewart started. I can't remember. Slack, it's tiny something. Ton, yeah, tiny Yeah, spec. similar. So you yeah, like were, you were to trying like to create any, any like
2: any example that you can come up with of something that was really cool, but maybe not like really popular, and then out of it something like awesome and super popular that made right. a ton of money. Ton of money, right? Uh, but, but talk
0: about the technology. Why has it taken 20 years? I wanted this for 20 years. People do meet engineering challenges for lots of people and lots of products. What was the problem?
2: Well, what we're we're leveraging the the progress that big companies have made by using machine learning and artificial intelligence Mm -hmm. in speech-to-text recognition, where you now have 95% accuracy with uh, decent-sounding audio. Um, And... And and now all that stuff is becoming commoditized, where there's a zillion different APIs that you can use to get that stuff really fast and really cheap. And that's really foundational. And then the other thing that we do is um, this technology called text-audio alignment, where we can analyze the phonetic content of the audio and compare it to the text, and then... Basically, layer the text on top of the audio. Know the starting and ending point of every word, and that—that's stuff that we've built. You know, we found uh, th- the way we realized it was viable is we found a guy that was getting his PhD in this stuff at uh, at Berkeley, and we got him to come work for us. Um, so, we're, we, all this stuff is just starting to happen. Like in the last year, there have been a slew of different companies that are doing automated transcription, disrupting the human-powered tra- transcription market, which, which ends up being like. A ten billion dollar market, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and then we're taking that to the next step, which is not just so viewing. It's editing. Yeah, but but actually editing and producing content. Right. Um, and uh, so we spun it out mm-hmm. of Detour, and we raised five million dollars from Andreessen Horowitz. Um, and uh, and the vision of this is to make audio and eventually um, video as as easy as to edit as it is with print you know print has this killer feature where you can write something and then you can rewrite it you can edit
0: right code
3: processing
2: yeah and um and audio doesn't work that way and i think it's and and, and we're seeing this explosion of audio in in popularity as a medium as evidenced by the fact that you guys are basically sitting in here all day recording podcasts Mm -hmm. um and uh but we really need the tools to keep up with the the consumer. What have been the
0: most advanced tools? That because I've used various transcription. But the idea of placing audio over text, w- essentially, is or text over audio, really, um, it has not. But you haven't been able to edit it. You haven't been. You have to just. You have to have editors. That's right. Experienced editors, and so this is to remove them from the equation
2: this allows you as like what we meet a lot of people who come from a print journalism background and are getting into podcasts and they are beholden to some audio engineer. So they'll do, you know, they might, they might do a piece and then they might do a paper edit of it, send it off to the audio engineer who does the edit, finds out and then you get it back and you find out that the audio doesn't sound right when you cut it that way. Um, And, we basically pair the two into one thing that the editor or the the producer or the journalist can can use as long as they know how to use a word processor. And
0: what is it called? This one? Descript. Descript. Yeah. So why is it called that?
2: Just... Well, it's it, it's derivative. It's, it's not as good of a story as Groupon or something like that. Yeah. It's basically we had Detour and D, and Descript. They both start with D. Okay. All
0: like right. D
2: E. And the
1: company is headquartered in an underground crypt. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's Descript d- with, a y. with
1: so, a y. So who's your main customer? Is it is it podcast producers or does it go beyond that?
0: Well, for, you're saying video. You brought up
2: video. Yeah, yeah, for now we're starting with people that need transcriptions. It's a great standalone transcription service. You can drop an audio file in that's like two hours long and get a transcript in a couple of minutes. Um, so anyone that needs transcription and then... People who are working with audio as their primary medium, podcasters, radio. As we grow and as we add more stuff, the the goal is yes to get in, is to become the new standard for how talk driven media gets made. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're working in talk driven media, it just makes sense that you would be doing it from a script driven viewpoint as opposed to a timeline driven standpoint where you're looking mm-hmm. at these abstractions. Um, I mean, for the same reason that people aren't programming in binary anymore, they're writing words, mm-hmm. people would be editing using using language and scripts if the technology existed, and now it's just starting to exist. So whether it's us that does it or somebody else, I think this is where it's headed.
0: And are there competitors in the area? There's all kinds of different tools of transcription, as
2: you said. Oh, yeah. There's, there's quite a few transcription. Right. Um, I-
0: immediate transcription. I've immediate used a bunch transcription
2: services. And th- the dirty secret of them is they're all using... One of the same series of APIs that's provided I mean for the most part, they're all using the same series of APIs by Google and uh, Nuance and IBM and mm-hmm. now Amazon. We use the Google Speech API, and but we're relatively agnostic, and we're focused on creating the instrumentation to measure these different APIs and their mm-hmm. accuracy for different types of audio and pick the right, right one for the, for the right type of audio, and then build tools. Beyond that, that because it doesn't stop with the transcript, right? There, right? You do stuff with it. With
0: Right, well, that's the point. Sometimes they're separate. You do the transcript is separate from the creation yeah. completely. I,
1: I've sort of always assumed that the, the basic transcription stuff will eventually become free. Do you think that's the case?
2: I do, yeah. It feels like storage where um, it's just getting cheaper and faster and more accurate and commoditized. Yeah.
1: So you can sell it today, but eventually your business is going to be something else.
2: Yeah, and we sell it pretty cheap. I mean, seven cents a minute... And so, And then we have a subscription fee, and that's where
0: so your so your thing is the technology of, of being able to edit the editing technology, essentially.
2: Yeah, editing and for, for people that are doing it today, but hopefully, you know very much how if you think about how uh, the number of people that had dark rooms mm-hmm. before Photoshop came along, like hopefully we can create that same dark room. You did, yeah, yeah. Okay, so my point is completely invalid. Then is that what you're saying? <laughs> no,
0: no. I just liked it. I just, I just was thinking of it yesterday. For some okay, of you were just,
2: me- you
1: just were mentioning that you had a dark
2: room. I
0: did. I was just maybe just you could that have saved dark that till I finished my point. Right. Make, it's finish a good, your point. Finish okay. your point. Some people
1: say that any room Kara you know, Swisher's in is a dark room. But that's another <laughs> <a better> story.
0: <laughs> finish your point. I was going to be nice to you, but go ahead.
1: <laughs> so, uh, what was my point?
2: Now people I mean, had
0: dark rooms and now Oh yeah
2: and now now, they have Photoshop And right. now they have Photoshop and there's a lot more people that have Photoshop than had dark rooms right? right And we hope it's the same kind of thing with audio and video where it's prohibitively difficult to manipulate that content and by taking away those prohibitions by reducing the friction and making content creation as expressive as print right. Um, or text uh, you can you can enable a whole new class of creators. Why
0: has this not been done?
2: Yeah. the technology hasn't existed,
0: right
2: or it hasn't been mature enough to be able to I mean, the, the transcription do
0: technology.
2: Yeah, and the text-audio alignment and all this stuff is being enabled by machine learning and artificial intelligence and blah, blah, blah.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, is the technology such that I could take, say, a long speech that Kara gave and just sort of pick and choose the words and then rearrange them and then uh, create new audio of her just saying whatever I wanted her to say?
2: Absolutely. I mean, now we're not going to resample at the boundaries of the edits in a way that it'll sound natural. So you'll have to there will be a little bit of skill involved in that. But that's where we want to take it. Um, And and we can talk about the ethical implications of that. Yeah. um, But that's definitely where we want to take it, where you can move things around and as as thoughtlessly as you would move around text, and mm-hmm. and still have it work, and you don't have to get in and do a crossfade and adjust your edit boundaries, and really what we're doing with Descript by moving by pairing the text and audio as one thing, we're setting ourselves up for this future of artificial intelligence assisted media synthesis, um, where that's one example of it, because all of a sudden you're your media, your audio, or your video, you have meaning behind it because of the natural language processing you can do on the text. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool to think about what you could do. Like, and in this case, we know if there's a period at the end, of, you put a period at the end of the sentence or a question mark, like there's things that we can do to make that sound natural.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So w- so your clients would be initially journal- journalists or people who are creating audio products. Right. Uh, products, and this is something you've been interested in a long time. You and I had a very interesting discussion in Germany once about you wanting to... Do group source, I think it was group sourcing journalism or protection? So is it, is it because out of that interest in journalism? You actually like journalists, I think, secretly.
2: Why do you think I don't like journalists?
0: Because I I, sometimes you're quite hostile, but go ahead.
2: Um, I can't imagine what you're <laughs> referring to. Um, you're
0: funny hostile, but hostile nonetheless.
2: So uh, when I was, I was actually working on another startup idea when I was in school for public policy, it was, I I still want to go back and do it. It was called policy tree. And the idea was you would, you would take a debate and break it down into the atomic assertions and show them on a flow chart where you Mm -hmm. would have some, like at the time it was like, we should invade Iraq. And then stemming from that in green and red uh, bubbles or, or leafs would, would be the arguments. For and against, and then it would more arguments would stem from that, and so on. And it wasn't like this public forum for debate. The idea was that it was aggregating all of the things that people were saying in the popular media outlets, and right. but just breaking it down in a way that you, you can could make sense arguments. of it all, right, right? right? And and so yeah, it's been a it's been a fascination of mine for a long time, and I think audio as a medium is a um, I can't believe what i'm about to say because i'm talking to casey um but it has an empathy bias um or an empathy handicap Mm -hmm. where there's something about not leading needing to stare at someone's ugly face that makes you that makes it easier to relate to them
0: yeah Mm. absolutely i would agree with you i think it has a different bringing together i mean when they're on television it creates sort of a circus like effect and audio is much more intimate
2: yeah and the reason I said I, I can't believe I'm say that is like I feel like every startup founder finds a way to talk about how their company is making the world emp- more empathetic. But it, it must be, like even though the fact that I'm aware of it, I can't stop myself.
0: But but talk, go more about this journalism, because this would be an aid to creating businesses, media businesses, um, or helping people do media businesses cheaper, or bring down the costs for doing them. Because a lot of these things are not prohibitively expensive necessarily, but they're prohibitively creative, I guess is that you can't be as creative as you want if you're not in charge. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I, I feel like a lot of the... Like word
0: processing has changed everything for journalism.
2: Right, totally. And the, and the beauty of the word processor is it's kind of like they, they built it, or you know, even the typewriters, the basic concept, like they built it. And as a, if, that's your, if that's your medium, you learn the tool and you're done. Like everything else in your career is about evolving your craft right. and being more effective at getting the ideas in your head down onto paper. And um, and it doesn't work that way with audio or video. You know, you have to constantly be invested in learning the, the latest tools. And our goal is to make it as intuitive as a word processor. But also, like a lot of the a lot of the creative tools that have come along, for uh, for for people, are are about like, oh, you press a button and all of a sudden we'll cut your video in a way that's like magical and we'll put background music and we'll do all this stuff automatically.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But I think there's still...
0: Automagically.
2: Automagically, yeah, I love that, I love that. Um, there's, there's still a role for craft mm-hmm. and intention and, and that's the kind of media production that we're focused on is mm-hmm. people that have a specific idea of what they want to create and they just want tools that get things out of their way so they can express that... Vision more efficiently.
1: Uh, let's talk about video. You know, the one of the big trends this year was the pivot to video for all of us uh, media types. If we were once more heavily invested in other forms, but then uh, you know, certain other platforms started to demanding media in a, in a huge way or v- video media in a huge way. Um, it's incredibly labor intensive, time intensive. It just, it just costs a lot of money and time to make video. What can you do to make that faster for uh, for these companies? And we- if not now, then eventually.
2: I don't, you're I starting
0: don't, with audio.
1: Yeah, we're starting with audio because audio is part of video. Um, I like and, to dream,
2: though, Andrew. I'm a big dreamer.
0: <laughs> I stay. I like. Um,
2: audio. So I don't know how far we can we can take that. I know that we had um, like what got us thinking about video was at one point one of Errol Morris's editors came through our office and he had just finished editing 30 hours of Donald Rumsfeld interviews for that oh. do, for that movie, and he was just um, you know, begging us to do a video version because of the amount of time it would have saved him, mm-hmm. instead of scrolling through a timeline, looking at a talking head, kind to be able it. to search by a script and and do everything in that way. Um, but but there's some really incredible implications of moving to this word processor format, like the way that we we haven't released it yet, but in the next. Uh, the, our, our, our near-term focus is doing a multi-track version where I can add music and multiple tracks of voice. And the way that works is if I want to add a, a music file to my piece, I just drag and drop it at the word where I want it to start playing mm-hmm. and it starts playing. And so so that's an example of how how well this idea of the word processor or this UI paradigm... Well, you can put paradigm, pictures in and stuff
0: like that. Yeah, the way you totally, do. Yeah. totally. All right. We're here with Andrew Mason. We're talking about his new company, Descript, which is, what are you calling it? What's the, your little two-second word description? Audio software company?
2: Yeah, we call it an audio word processor.
0: Audio word processor. When we get back, we're going to talk more about it and also where he thinks things are going in the tech space. I know do you have some opinions, Andrew.
2: I know. All right.
0: Uh, then fine. We won't talk about that. We'll talk about your baby and everything else. We're also here with Casey <laughs> Newton on Recode Decode. This episode is brought to you by mparticle, the customer data platform for every screen. And I'm here with co founder and CEO Michael Katz. We know that uh, people are using mobile to research and transact more than ever before, which we've talked about. Um, what's the future of mobile commerce and how does mparticle help its uh, retailer customers like Overstock, Lily Pulitzer, and Jet.com?
3: So the classic notion of a person moving through the funnel is fundamentally broken. Mm-hmm. People may start researching a company's product on their laptop, subscribe to that brand's email newsletter a few days later, get an email which they open on their phone, download the app and complete the purchase. You know, so right there, just trying to map the customer journey, you need to capture data from four or five systems. So brands need to create uh, consistent and personalized experiences across all these devices and systems. And so it starts with having a data platform that was built to ingest data from anywhere Mm -hmm. create a unified view of the customer, and then in real time sync that data out to all the various marketing and analytics tools that the company may use in order to create these experiences. So people
0: are doing very different things all the time. Absolutely. Dynamic as they are using all these devices. For sure. Thank you, Mike Katz of MParticle. Where can we learn more about what you're doing?
3: Go to www.mparticle.com or follow us on Twitter at mparticles with an S. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks.
0: I also want to tell you about Too Embarrassed to Ask, my other podcast, which I host with Lauren Good from The Verge. This is Lauren's Replicant. <laughs> I wish every Friday we answer your questions about consumer, because then I could unplug you. That would be fantastic. Every Friday we answer your questions about consumer tech. Lauren, what did we talk about this week? We're sort of we're sort of saying what we talked about.
3: We talked about
0: robotics. We talked about this topic with Rich Mahoney. He's the CEO of Seismic. He's the former director of robotics at SRI. He's built robots for DARPA before. Rich, what was your favorite part of this week's podcast?
2: I like the questions. I like hearing what people are really thinking about robots and and being able to help just add to that conversation.
0: Are we too afraid of robots?
2: Way, way too afraid. Yeah,
0: well... Got to be afraid of something.
2: So, yeah, <laughs> robots are can have an opportunity to really increase the quality of life for a lot of people. So, I think life can be better for many people in the world, and robots can help do that.
0: Yes, well, thank you, robot guy, for saying that. Fantastic. So, if you big. were afraid of that backflipping <laughs> robot before, <laughs> don't your worry, fears are we're all alike. assuaged. We're assuaging. Aswage, that's a good word. Assuaged. Thank you. It was a great discussion, and we hope you'll go listen to it. You can find Too Embarrassed to Ask on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Too Embarrassed to Ask. See you there. We're here on Recode Decode with the obstreperous Andrew Mason, who is difficult as usual despite the fact that I'm trying to hawk his new company, Descript. We were just talking about it. We're here with Casey Newton from The Verge, who is my co-host over several episodes. And we're having a great time. We're having a great time. Um, so we, we, I want to get back to this concept of where audio is going because it has boomed in terms of podcasting, in terms of you were into it doing Detour, your last company. Um and you talked about the the intimacy of it. It really is. It's been something that's worked very well with mobile. Um, where do you see that industry going overall, the audio industry? Because I think it's a bigger one than people realize. Yeah, which is I, sort of an um, old thought, I suppose.
2: What What gets me excited is just how much more time of the day seems to be coming accessible to audio first experiences. I mean, that's obviously. Mobile phones are enabling that. Things like CarPlay are enabling that. Um, but even like I think I think we'll look back and see AirPods and uh, really great wireless headphones as this as another kind of step function mm-hmm. um, enabler of audio, um, where all of a sudden this relatively simple innovation of taking the wires away mm-hmm. brings headphones reduces the friction of having f- headphones with you and taking them out of your pocket and putting them in your ears right mm-hmm. like i mean if i'm going now to to take a walk and get a coffee i can take i can take my headphones out i have them with me all the time which wasn't always the case but even when i did have them with me you have to untangle them mm-hmm. like it's stupid stuff right but it's often like, like solving those them. stupid little things right. that makes all the difference and so and so i think all of that is just getting us to the point where um audio has a has a lot of headroom.
0: Right, because you can also have a heads up. You can look around yeah. at the same time you're listening, although. And
2: and there's just these incredible examples of content that don't exist anywhere else. Like um to what give two examples, like? I, like Sam Harris's podcast. I mean, there's just I, I've learned more from that than Anything I can remember in recent memory, because he has these like three-hour-long, incredibly nuanced conversations with people. I mean, even even like same kind of format as this, right? Mm-hmm. Where people can just have a conversation and and it's not about just pulling out one quote.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so I think stuff like that is really exciting. Stuff like the Daily. Do you guys listen to the Daily? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We just it's had wonderful. Michael
0: Barbaro on. Yeah. Our, like, on oh our... my
2: God. Like the the Daily for me. I, you listen to something like uh, like you think about how you read about uh gun violence in the press and you might go around and read 15 minutes of articles and you just feel like shit and the world is hell in a handbasket and everybody's stupid and then and then you listen to an an episode of the daily and they interview somebody that you just couldn't agree less with Mm -hmm. but yet you walk away with an appreciation for their sincerity and the fact that they're not evil crazy or stupid they're doing what they think the right thing is and so um and, and I think there's just something about that medium and their approach that's like it, like it's weird listening to the daily. Like you listen to an episode and you walk away feeling good mm-hmm. and it's not like, like you understand things a little bit better and that's not how you're used to feeling. Well,
0: it doesn't have to do with the intimacy of being. You know, you're pummeled every day with a, with visuals. Everything's visual. Either it's Twitter reading visual or or imagery. Um, and it, it's exhausting and uh, right. not understandable. I think audio creates an intimacy. It's, it, I do find it interesting... The people that talk, and you'll find in this, Casey, the people that talk to me who love the podcast are a very different fan base. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They almost love you. It's a really, they they feel, I may be in <laughs> their ear. No, but it's. How's that different? Well, they don't love you. In the other, they don't. They're sort of like, that annoyed me or you pissed me off. Or, but it's a very, even if they don't agree, they're. It's a much, first of all, it's much more civil. I know it sounds crazy, but it's much, because it's the way you present yourself, I suppose. I'm not like Rush Limbaugh going, ah, like that all the time. But it has evolved into a much more thoughtful medium, I guess, where people can actually. Think in long sentences.
1: I also feel like like one of the only times I feel relaxed in this day and age is when I'm having a conversation with someone, right? Where you're um, just able to get a different point of view, uh, where you are able to wander for a really long time. Like I I often think, like the longer podcasts are often better Mm -hmm. when in print. Like a longer story is often usually not better.
0: Sometimes, yeah, you're right. And also, it's it's evolved from talk radio, which was very screaming. You know, yeah. how does that work for example when you put talk radio on your thing? Cuz that's just a lot of screaming. That's like Yeah, I don't news. think those
2: are super highly edited. Yeah. So that might not I think they're they're broadcast live, you know, it may not be the best use case for it or maybe they'll find ways to Edit in some more screams. Yeah,
0: or something like that. But it has evolved in that way. And and so when when you're talking about this business, you've gotten five million dollars. What are you charging for the software? What is the is it a subscription service? A yeah.
2: Software? So it'll it'll be twenty dollars a month right now. For early adopters, it's ten dollars a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we charge per minute for transcription, seven cents a minute. We also have a version that has no monthly fee for just people that want to use the transcription service. It's fifteen cents a minute for that version, um, and you can you can download it and get thirty free minutes of transcription and uh, and demo all the audio editing features. Um, we also have a uh, we also have a promo going where if you're you're. Transcript is guaranteed in five minutes or less, or uh, your pizza is free. <laughs>
3: oh, all right.
1: Yeah, and uh, we, when you're doing the transcripts,
3: are you relying pizzas. on humans
0: okay.
1: at all for this? Or do humans ever touch the the audio? No, humans don't touch the audio. It's
2: all automated. All algorithms. Yeah. All right. All right. Um,
0: Although so, we do
2: have a we have a white glove version too. If if you're not happy with the quality of because there's still like for yeah. certain types of audio. For something like this, the transcription would be great. It's probably ninety-five percent accurate. But if you're if if you're recording on an iPhone in a
0: noisy place,
2: in a cavernous conference room, and four people are having a conversation, it's going to be lower. And we have human powered transcription for those people. So they
0: listen to it, also. You do it, and then they yeah. That's it. how it works. Yeah, I figure. So when you're thinking about this, so you're you're going to have a subscription service. You're how are you going to who are your customers? Then you're going to aim at media. You're aiming at...
2: Who. Yeah, people that need transcription services, and then people who are working with audio as their as their medium.
0: And the market now, again, there's just transcription services that I can, and then there's audio editing yeah. software. There's and separate. that's I
2: mean there's right. So between all of those professional creative tools, there's millions of people that are using those things already. Mm-hmm. Um, so the hope is that some of them will also use Descript, and that we can. Uh, increase the size of the market by creating a tool that makes it easier to and more accessible to use this stuff.
1: Are, are you interested in other parts of the podcast tech stack? Like all the things you would need to create a podcast whether it's the actual recording software or hosting or distribution like does any of that do you think would Should interest we you over time? Should we be? Is it a pain? Well yes. I mean like, the, like I there are a, a shocking number of podcasters are still using GarageBand right like a tool that was was made primarily for you know like making fun. Well, that, that yeah that
2: I think we're very interested in that part of it yeah right? so i mean where that we'll be we'll be at a point within a relatively short period of time where you can produce a soup to nuts podcast in Descript.
0: Mm-hmm. in Descript doing this the, all the different things including music and whatever else you want to use yeah so um how are you how many people do you have running this eight eight small small how are you how are you going to run this differently will there be horses and things like that how am i
2: going to run it differently than
0: group on then group on yeah
2: um man that's a that's like in a lot of ways I guess but
0: what um, have we learned Andrew what is your learning lesson I mean
2: most of the things that I've learned are relatively banal they're just they're they're things like that we could pick up in innumerable business books and mm-hmm. they they're, they'll express it better than I would it's how to be a but you know, managing people is is not a innate skill. It's like mm-hmm. you know, learning to golf or something. It just takes practice and learning from better people. So I learned a lot over the course of my time at Groupon, and uh, I continue to learn. And um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't have anything. I'm trying to get to the
0: wider venture space and how you look at Silicon Valley because you've had a, again, you've had an unusual relationship with them. I would say. I mean that you were not. Highly impressed by the scene. You are not a scene maker. You're not someone who shows up everywhere. Yeah, and you I didn't like being
1: ra- I like being invited to things. I just don't <laughs> like going. <laughs> you didn't, fair. and you didn't raise uh, capital for Detour, did you? I didn't. Yeah. yeah. Um, and part of that
2: was because I always knew, I always knew it was like you know I mean I, I take it very seriously the idea of being a steward of other people's money and I didn't want to take that on. It felt always felt like experimental in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I thought it could be a really big business. Don't get me wrong, but I wanted a little bit of meat on the bone before I asked somebody to take a bet on me on that. Mm-hmm. I also just wanted a little bit of a break from working with, um, from working with investors. Not, I mean, f- for the most part, my experience was good. My, my experience with most like the investors out here was, was largely good. Um, but, uh, but I just wanted to see what it would like to be like to not have to think about that, and I actually miss it now.
1: What change? <laughs> well, I was going to ask what change or what was different about this company that made you say, "I'm, I'm ready to go play in the VC world again." Two things. Like one is we've had this product in beta for a while. We have
2: people using it. Like we really feel pretty strongly that there's a there there. Um, and so the we, we feel better about product market fit it doesn't feel as experimental it's like a beautiful thing to be building like just a tool that exists in the tool chain instead of making a bet that oh I'm gonna invent this new consumer behavior mm-hmm. um, and uh, and the other thing is uh, I like having somebody on the team who's super smart and just relentlessly focused on the financial outcome to counterbalance you know the focus on how to How to come up with some ridiculous horse horse scheme? I don't think you're
0: going to do that. But how do you look at the Silicon Valley? Who is the inventor? Is it Chris Dixon or who is it?
2: Alex Rampel. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Do you know him? Yes, I do. He's awesome.
0: Yeah. Um do you how do you look at this ex- how are you thinking of this experience though? That's what I want to How do you look at Silicon Valley now? You live here. You've had a lovely child. You you live still the where you lived before in the city. Yeah. Um you know, I think moving here, you you were one of the people I wouldn't have ever thought would come to the San Francisco oh, really? scene. Yeah. I don't know why.
2: Um so w- say so w- why do you think that is?
0: Cuz you're not like other uh, entrepreneurs. Um, so it, that's a compliment. Trust me, they I, really irritate me, <laughs> most of them. <laughs> they just, you know, they're on the make. They're, they're just. Well, you're going to be
2: disappointed in my answer. I love it here.
0: Do you? Okay, yeah. tell me why. I'm not disappointed. I want to know how you look at it. what well, what you think?
2: Well, I mean the people out here are so smart and so engaging and you really feel like to complain about it out here I feel like right. I feel like it's like 450 BC and I'm in the Roman Forum and it's mm-hmm. like what the, that Socrates guy is such an asshole, he's just going <laughs> on and on and bloviating and you know it's like we're in a special like for better or worse yeah. we're in a special place in a very special that moment of time. That is a fair
0: point, Socrates still could have been an asshole but go ahead right? <laughs> probably <laughs> so, was
2: so so it just feels really exciting um, to be out here and the quality of life I mean just the weather I mean having lived in Chicago, Chicago. you know Casey it's uh, it's 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 like you come out here and you're like do, do those people know that this place exists that you don't have to be freezing your ass off it's really simple and trite to say that it's cold in Chicago but it's
1: Fucking cold in Chicago. It is. Also, the thing I've never gotten over about Chicago is uh, the the way that a sunny day is an event <laughs> there, on the order of a federal holiday. But it's such
0: a nice sunny day there. Yeah. They do have nice sunny days. They it's do. Just there yeah. No, there's
1: wonderful things about it. The people are the people are wonderful. But
2: um, I love
0: the architecture. I love yeah. Chicago.
1: That's great. Chicago just needs like a, a big industry. That's his problem. Like Chicago just, oh, it's you such know, a
0: beautiful city. I think it's such a beautiful city. Um, so you, so you like living here. You, you, you enjoyed it moving here.
2: Yeah, no, yeah. it's been great.
0: Yeah. And so what do you, when you look at on the scene, we're going to finish up talking about like, where do you see tech right now? I try to be like a big thinker here. Try hard. <laughs> You, I, hate, have, I hate doing big things. Then don't think. Well, think small. Then what do, how do you look? Well, where are we? You have to direct we? me a little bit more. Where are we in the in the innovation cycle, or if you think there is such a thing?
2: I'm, I'm so bored by this question. <laughs> <All right. laughs> all right, then. All right, what, is there talk, a small thing all right, out there? Let's that, then talk yeah.
0: about the Patriot and why you don't like it.
2: <laughs> 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 Did you, you really watch the Patriot? Summer? I love
0: the Patriot. I hate Mel Gibson, and I love the Patriot. It's really bad.
2: Wow. Well, really, I, I mean, any I, Anytime I, it's, time been, it's on, it goes. I You know, it's been 20 years since I watched it, so I'm going to watch it. You need to watch Give it a second chance. I respect your judgment. It?
0: I mean, it's so good.
1: All I remember is that there's a loose nuclear weapon. What? No. No wait, that's Broken Arrow. <laughs> yes.
0: What's that's the
1: good. Patriot about? You said that early. You
2: said <laughs> yeah. that earlier, and I was like, no, okay, a nuclear new. weapon. It's, it's about. It's about like. Uh, it's about the Revolutionary War. Revolutionary War, right? War oh,
0: that's a totally and Nell has a little. Um, Thing in his hair, or whatever he wears. it a-
1: Wow, ponytail.
0: Ponytail. It's he has a, a ponytail, time. and he like runs around with a gun, and sh- and then there's this really bad British guy. Yeah, I'm guy. gonna
2: watch it again, and I'm gonna send you the notes. Really bad really British by. guy. So is, is it really just like good. American Braveheart, basically? Yes. Yes. Okay. But better.
0: Braveheart is yeah. It's good. like it's like how
1: yeah. do I keep this Braveheart thing going?
2: Yes, <laughs> but another? it's much
0: better. <laughs> it's much better. It's so good. And it's very sad. All right,
1: where it sounds like we're having a movie night.
0: It's really good. There's sad, sad too. It goes there on the sad, don't you think?
1: I, I don't, I was 20
2: years oh ago. God. I didn't I, I didn't bring that up the other night. prepared for somebody <laughs> who was <I> really <laughs> such a patriot <laughs> aficionado. Why you,
0: like you were saying you didn't like Hamilton. You didn't like, you didn't.
2: Oh, no. What else do you do? In <laughs> Hamilton? Why did you do <laughs> that? Because why you won't answer my innovation question. Like and we have five
0: more minutes and I want to know how I you're didn't, doing.
2: Uh, I, I mean, I, I think it's my problem that I didn't like Hamilton to be sure, to, to be clear. It's, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't know. I just think. All
0: right. What do you think of Trump?
2: Oh. Um, I don't know. What, what, what do Are you guys think? Are you political? It's, I don't uh, like him. Oh, what what is it about?
0: Every single part. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, that's interesting. I haven't heard that.
0: I think he's entertaining, but in a really awful way. Yeah.
2: I'm really just. I'm on the edge. You know. I keep on. I, I I I see both sides and I can't make up my mind. <laughs> I think people would need to write some more articles about it. <laughs> Undecided voter information. Undecided entremason. voter
0: Jason. Yeah. Um so you're going to run this you're going to hope it gets to be enormous and makes a ton of money. Yeah. Are, are you are, what is your valuation now?
2: Um, that's I mean it's like a it's a little pre-launch product. Pre-launch it's just, product. It's, it, to to utter that out loud would be a disservice to your listeners.
0: Uh-huh. But can they get it? They can get it now. They can
2: get the app, yeah. Starting um starting yeah, when we we launch on Tuesday the twelfth, and it is now after Tuesday. And it's available
0: on what platform?
2: Descript.com. It's on Mac for now. Okay. Um and we're working on on web support. Okay. Um but where we are right now, the kind of audio editing, there's not really any good examples of kind of web based technology doing.
0: Right. And then people can do these on the fly or not? You could have people in foreign countries doing reports. Audio reports, right? Using For
2: sure. Yeah. I mean, we only support English right now, so right. that'll that'll get in the way. But um, more more languages coming.
0: And what about a mobile version?
2: There's no it's just Mac. It's just I Mac. Mean, you can you can you can also oh another cool thing you can do is you can pu- you can publish uh, your compositions that you create, your kind of audio linked transcripts to the web, and then other people can comment on them like Google Docs style and you can put uh-huh. them back. So oh. that's yeah. for like anybody that's Reviewing audio or doing it in a collaborative environment with other people—it's a really awesome way to get feedback. So as I'm putting feedback.
1: my podcast together, I can let my editor sit, like, actually look at the transcript and just be like, "This is where it went completely off the rails." Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So
0: many places. All right. I have one more question. When you look at like Groupon now, what do you think about it? It's being run in Chicago. Yeah. Company.
1: I.
2: You know. I don't look at it that closely. I thought you might ask me this, mm-hmm. and I remember. Coming up with that answer <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: took a lot of work, it? but also just like realizing how like untrue it would sound. Yeah, but it's actually it's actually true. I just I mean I don't really know what's going on. I do Google Groupon and I, I look for news, but there's no news. And like mm-hmm. everybody everybody yeah. I know is gone.
0: Right. Yeah. Some companies are like that. Yeah. But you're not like a like uh, my time as CEO. You're the opposite of Travis Kalanick. You don't and, want to get back in there into the big game. No. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm good. Okay, Tra- Any more questions for our lovely Anthony? Um, my final
1: question was, you know, you you sort of mentioned earlier that you'd recorded this uh, this album of inspirational business yeah, music. I great. just wondered if you felt like you had a follow up in in you. I was I was wondering if there's like an album of uh, of business protest music where you could talk about like how important it is to be able to keep your profits offshore, like that kind of thing. Um. <laughs>
0: How did they That's do? A good idea. I enjoyed
2: your business. Yeah, I mean, you know, the impact uh, has been humbling. Mm-hmm. It's just I, I look around. <laughs> that
0: and, Grammy was amazing.
2: Well, I mean, just the impact in the business world. You know, yeah. some things it's hard to measure <laughs> by sales, but it's, or, or just the quantity, it's the quality. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I heard about, I read an article about uh, a Twitter all-hands meeting where they were talking about how, look, guys, we need to turn this around. and you know who's going to do it? We are. <laughs> Nobody else is going to get in our way. <laughs> Nobody's going to help us get there. And of course, um, you know, I have a track on my album called It's Up to Us. That's where uh-huh. they took those ideas. Uh-huh. So that was really humbling. And, uh-huh. you know, just in general, seeing how the economy's been growing. <laughs> yeah.
1: And, I mean, just up
2: and to the right since the album came out. Um, so, you know, I don't want to do it again and have, like, you know, be like David Bowie or Elton John, where it's just like,
0: same you know, thing. I'm
2: more like a Billy Joel, you know, you just call it while you quit while you're ahead. <laughs>
0: Andrew Mason, you're very funny. I do miss you, I have to say. Not miss that much, know. not that much. But
2: yeah, let's, let's do this again in like three years. <laughs> so
0: your next business. No, I like this idea. I have to tell you.
2: You liked the last idea too, too. A lot of good it did me. I liked it. I,
0: I did think it had limited capabilities because yeah, of the yeah. platform. Like no, it, that's it, legit. You had to be like you had to be. It was quirky. It was quirky tours by Andrew, essentially. You know, and it was. But it would have been cool if you could have made a platform for people, and then anybody could have made. Well, you Well, know maybe I
2: mean? like, you should run the company now time. Carol. No,
0: no, thank you. I'm doing just fine here with Casey Newton. We really enjoy it. I'm an entrepreneur sometimes, every now and again. Anyway, it's been totally enjoyable having you. I forgot how much I really did enjoy talking to you. And I think I was completely right about you not being interviewed by a seven-year-old when you were, <laughs> when you were a public company CEO, and I'm sticking with that.
2: Well, I still got fired.
0: So yeah. <laughs> well, You got fired
2: later than I you I would have rather have done that.
0: <laughs> yes. Oh, you would have? Yeah, sure. You can do that to this day. Okay. All right. Andrew Mason, it was great talking to you. Thank and you for having me. with you. Thanks for lovely. coming on the show, and you were fantastic. And Casey, thank you for co-hosting That was my pleasure. It. Good. If you enjoyed the interview as much as we did, be sure to subscribe to the show. Be first to listen to future episodes or catch up on previous episodes. You can find more than 150 past interviews. Wow, I've done a lot. of Eric, we've done a lot. And whatever app you use to listen to this on our website, recode.net slash podcast. And if you have a minute, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps other people find the show. Now that you're done with this, you should check out our other Recode Radio podcasts on Recode Media with Peter Kafka. You'll hear no-nonsense interviews with some of the smartest people in media and entertainment. I also host Two Embarrassed to Ask along with Lauren Good of The Verge where I answer all of your questions about consumer tech. And on Recode Replay, you can find audio from all of Recode's live events, including the Code Conference. Keep an eye out for Casey's podcast Converge, which is coming soon. The Verge also has several great podcasts for you to check out, including The Verge Cast and Why'd You Push That Button? And they are going to have Some great shows coming up at CES in January, I'm sure. And thank you for listening to our bonus episode of Recode Decode. Thanks to our editor, Joel Robbie and our producer, Eric Johnson. I'll be back here on my usual time on Monday. Tune in then.
2: Hey, this is Anna Sale from Death, Sex, and Money, the podcast from WNYC Studios.
0: Our show is all about the things we think about a lot and need to talk about more. And one of those things is class. Oh boy, class. Right
3: now, we're collecting stories about when you felt your class the most.
0: My friends wanted to go
2: to these expensive restaurants, and it really did drive a wedge.
3: Tell us your story. Email or send in a voice memo to class at deathsexmoney.org.